chapter 2. And to give honor to the word of the Lord, if you're able, uh, we'll stand and we won't read the whole chapter, but we'll read Daniel 2, 1 through 17. Now in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was troubled, and his sleep left him. Then the king gave orders to call in the magicians, the conjurers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came in and stood before the king. The king said to them, I had a dream, and my spirit is anxious to understand the dream. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell the dream to your servants, and we will declare the interpretation. The king replied to the Chaldeans, The command from me is firm. If you do not make known to me the dream and its interpretation, you will be torn limb, uh, torn limb from limb, and your houses will be made a rubbish heap. But if you do declare the dream and its interpretation, you will receive from me gifts and a reward and great honor. Therefore, declare to me the dream and its interpretation. They answered a second time and said, Let the king tell the dream to his servants, and we will declare the the interpretation. The king replied, I know for certain that you are bargaining for time, inasmuch as you have seen that seen that the command from me is firm, that if you do not make the dream known to me, there is only one decree for you, for you have agreed together to speak lying and corrupt words before me until the situation is changed. Therefore, tell me the dream that I may know that you can declare to, to me its interpretation. Then the Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who could declare the matter for which the king um, asks. For inasmuch as no great king or ruler has ever asked anything like this of any magician, conjurer, or Chaldean. Moreover, the thing which the king demands is difficult, and there is no one else who could declare it to the king except God's, whose dwelling place is not with mortal flesh." Because of this, the king became indignant and very furious and gave orders to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree went out, went forth that the wise men should be slain. And they looked for Daniel and his friends to kill them. Then Daniel replied with discretion and discernment to Arioch, the captain of the king's bodyguard, who had gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He said to Arioch, the king's commander. For what reason is the decree from the king so urgent? Then Arioch informed Daniel about the matter. So Daniel went in and requested of the king that he would be given him time in order that he might declare the interpretation to the king. Then Daniel went to his house and informed his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah about the matter. So they might request compassion from God of heaven concerning this mystery so that Daniel and his friends would not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Let's pray together. 
We thank you that you, O oh Father, the all-wise God, have given, given wisdom and revelation to men. And help us, we pray, to understand this portion of your holy word as given to the prophet Daniel. For we ask these things in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. When we look in Holy Scripture, there is the matter of dreams that we find at times. And you might wonder, how much weight do we want to put in dreams? Now, I did some studying in the matter, and we, during our midweek study, I think this came up recently, how Moses was a man that God spoke to face to face and not in dreams and dark sayings. But God did say that when there are prophets, that sometimes God reveals things to prophets. In the book of Job, one of the companions of Job mentions that God does give revelation through dreams. Um, when uh, I was doing some other reading, and it mentions that the people of Judah at one time believed that God especially gives revelation of dreams at to- at, during t- the early times of history to prophets to the patriarchs, of course, we know that was the case with the patriarchs, but also to kings, that it was sometimes considered revelation from God when a dream came to a king. And here we have a king who's not even of the religious order of the Israelites, but God gave him a dream that needed interpretation. Chapter 1 mentioned that earlier on, uh, this uh, whole situation of why we have the Israelites in Babylon is because it was discipline from God that Nebuchadnezzar came and um, sieged Jerusalem. And then the people went into captivity in Jerusalem. Um, This was actually the fact that they were sieged and brought in captivity to Jerusalem was foretold uh, to King Hezekiah. Remember Isaiah said that the days were coming that all the, the treasures within the house of Hezekiah and all the treasures that were saved up even by his forefathers would be taken all to Babylon and that those uh, young, uh, those, the youth that even proceeded forth from his body, they themselves would be taken to Babylon and that they would be made officials in the palace of the king. And we find out that this has come to pass. Daniel whose name was changed to Belteshazzar, along with his three young men who were later named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, had all come and were trained to become wise men in the palace of Babylon. Uh, what's a, we, we can turn back to the previous chapter, but it mentions that look at, if you look at verse 20, it says, As for every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king consulted them, that's Daniel and his three companions, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and conjurers who were all in his realm. And Daniel continued until the, the first year of Cyrus the king. Okay, so... Daniel and his companions were ten times better than all the wise men of Babylon. 
And here, in today's text, we're going to find a testing, a pretty significant testing for the sake of their wisdom before the king. In today's text, we're going to see the king's dream and the failed wise men as the first main point. The king's dream and the failed wise men. And then secondly, we're going to see Daniel's seeking God's revelation. So let's look at this first main point, the king's dream and failed wise men. Verses uh, 1 through, uh, we'll look at verse 1 first. Now in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was troubled, and his sleep left him. Now because it was a troublesome dream, maybe it was more akin to a nightmare, Usually when you, when you have a nightmare, you wake up and it's not very pleasant. You have a hard time sleeping. But whatever it was, it was something disturbing. It was troubling. Now, perhaps you've had a habit of eating something a, a little too late. Maybe it's not well digested and you, you, you go to sleep and you have some weird, strange dreams. Well, the king was quite aware that this was not the case, that it was just something peculiar. He knew that there was a purpose and meaning behind his dreams. That's why he sought after the wise men. Verses 2 to 3. Then the king gave orders to call in the magicians, the conjurers, the the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came in and stood before the king. The king said to to them, I had a dream and my spirit is anxious to understand the dream. Um, the Chaldeans, out of all these men, not the magicians, not the sorcerers, but the Chaldeans, go before King Nebuchadnezzar and they begin with a little flattery. In verse 4, O oh, king, live forever. They flatter him first and then they say, Tell the dream to your servants and we will declare the interpretation. Now, from what comes next and the way that they interact with the king my guess is that they weren't really that sure, but they were willing to give an educated guess at what the dream was. Just tell us the dream and we can, we can wax eloquent about what we think the dream means. Well, let's look at what the king had to say to that. Verse 5. Um, he, wanted, he wanted a firm and reliable interpretation. Verse 5 says this. The king replied to the Chaldeans, The command from me is firm. If you do not make known to me the dream and its interpretation, you will be torn limb from limb, and your houses will be made a rubbish heap. Now, I don't know if this means that destroying their households or maybe even destroying their families along with their houses, we don't know for sure. Um, Maybe a lot of them might have been eunuchs who didn't have families. Um, But he did pronounce them great blessing if they were able to answer the dream. He said he would give them gifts and rewards and great honor if they were able. So there was a threat of torture and death. I think it wasn't going to be a quick thing if they were going to be torn limb from limb. It was probably, probably, I don't know if they did this back in Babylon, but maybe drawn and quartered by four horses and going in four different directions. Um, Maybe slow and agonizing or who knows? But they, I'm sure they, none of them wanted that. Now, let's think of it this way. 
The king says, if the interpretation is not right, you're going to be split, torn limb from limb. What would you do? Well, can you imagine? Verse 7, they offered again. They said, Lord, our, our master king, they said, tell us the dream and we'll give them the interpretation. I don't know. I think it's pretty bold that they were willing to say that after the threat. But obviously, King Nebuchadnezzar didn't trust these wise men. And we find this out later in verses 8 and 9. He considered that what they were doing here was stalling, and they were maybe conspiring together to all come up with the same interpretation. And look at verses 8 and 9. The king replied, I know for certain that you are bargaining for time, inasmuch as you have seen that the command from me is firm that if you do not make the dream known to me, there is only one decree for you, for you have agreed together to speak lying and corrupt words before me until the situation is changed. Therefore, tell me the dream that I may know you can declare to me its interpretation. I don't know if you've caught this, but what the king here is asking is that they would tell him what it was that he... He dreamed. Tell me the nature of exactly what it was that I dreamed. Can you describe the images I saw? What was the, the details of my dream? And that's when these guys changed their tune and I think became a little bit more honest before the king. There is not a man on earth who could declare the matter for the king. Now, what follows, I believe, is an analysis that is partly correct. However, the word gods, little g in the plural, needs to be edited. But let's look at verse 11. The thing which the king demands is difficult. There is no one else who could declare it to the king except gods whose dwelling place is not with mortal flesh. I would like to correct that statement and read it this way. The thing which the king demands is difficult. There is no one else who could declare to the king except God Almighty, the king of heaven. And we come to find out that that is the case. That the only one who is able to reveal this dream to these men was God Almighty, the king of heaven. And later we'll find out how Daniel is able, by the help of God, to interpret the dream because the triune God reveals it to him. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar doesn't really like the answer that these Chaldeans give to him. Look at verses 12 through 13. Because of this, the king became indignant, that's very angry, and very furious and gave orders to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree went forth from the wise that the wise men should be slain, and they looked for Daniel and his friends to kill them. Okay, next time you have a bad day at work and things don't go well and your boss gets angry with you, be thankful that you're not in this particular situation. Because if you don't do your job well in, in, uh, with Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, you're going to all get quartered, pulled apart limb from limb, and your houses will become a heap of ruins. So remember that and be thankful that you don't have a boss who tries to do that to you. 
But next we see Daniel seeking uh, God's revelation. Daniel seeks God's revelation. Verses uh, 14 and 15. Then Daniel replied with discretion and discernment to Arioch, the captain of the king's bodyguard, who had gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He said to Arioch, the king's commander, For what reason is the decree from the king so urgent? Then Arioch informed Daniel about the matter. I can imagine this, this captain of the guard walking in, and he's got a sword in his hand. He's ready to slay Daniel and his companions and the other wise men. And then Daniel's able to talk him down. Well, what's so urgent? Why are you so such in a hurry to kill us? Daniel I'm, I'm, was wise. It says here he had discretion, discernment, and also I guess he knew how to de-escalate somebody who was getting ready to, to murder a bunch of people. Um, Daniel wisely and persuasively then sought mercy and time, more time for interpretation from King Nebuchadnezzar. Look at verse 16. So Daniel went in and requested of the king that he would give him time in order that he might declare the interpretation to the king. Now this verse doesn't say how much time. I'm guessing it was days. Maybe one day. Maybe he was supposed to bring back the interpretation the next day. We don't know for sure, but I can guarantee this. If he was not going to come up with an interpretation within a few days, both Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and every wise man and Chaldean of the wise men would all be put to death along with the magicians. They were doomed. So what does Daniel do? He's asking the king for more time. Give me more time and I will seek to have the interpretation. It's a matter of life and death. So Daniel then goes before his friends. He goes to his home and he seeks the Lord and his revelation. But look at how he does it. Verses 17 through 18. Daniel went to his house and informed his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, about the matter so that they might request compassion from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that Daniel and his friends would not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Before thinking about meditating upon this text, I always maybe give, gave Daniel all the credit that Daniel was the godly, spirit-filled, uncompromising prophet. But I don't think we probably give enough credit to these young men. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were instrumental in Daniel's life. We could see here that Daniel was not going before the Lord alone. He needed prayer warriors in his corner to seek favor from the Lord that God would then reveal to them, which he did reveal to Daniel, the interpretation of the dream, as we'll follow up and find next time. A takeaway from this is that if Daniel, a man who was a mighty prophet of God, needed the help of his friends 
to pray before the Lord on his behalf, you need companions that you can seek to ask prayer for regarding your needs. Every one of us needs fellow prayer warriors to help us along the way. We need to seek wisdom that comes from God. We need to seek it in prayer, but also we need to seek it in His Word. And I want us to look at a particular passage in Colossians, Colossians 2. Daniel came before the coming of of the Lord Jesus Christ. But when you need wisdom from above and you're bewildered and you need an answer and you don't know what to do, seek the wisdom that comes through Jesus Christ our Lord. Look at uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 1. For I want you to know how great a struggle, this is Paul speaking to the church in Colossae, for I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf and for those who are at Laodicea and for all those who have not personally seen my face, that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and attaining to the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding resulting in true knowledge of God's mystery, that is, Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this so that no one will delude you with persuasive argument. Brothers and sisters, through Jesus, you have the true knowledge of God. Through Jesus, you have the true knowledge of the the wisdom of God in whom is hidden the treasure of wisdom and knowledge. I believe if we have dreams and interpretation of dreams at this day, that is ongoing revelation. But when Christ came and we have the fullness of revelation in God's holy word, in the 66 books of the perfect and holy scriptures of God, we no longer at this point need interpretation of dreams and revelation from dreams because in Jesus is hidden the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. But more than that, you must be hidden in Christ. You must be hidden in Christ for you to stand on the great day of God's judgment, that Christ Jesus has covered you with his blood that, he had, that you are trusting in him for your salvation, that he has died for you and that he was raised for you and that he is pleading for your behalf at God's right hand. Put your faith in this blessed Lord Jesus. Let's pray together. We thank you, our Father, that in your Son is hidden the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And in that word made flesh, Now we can stand assured that you are with us and that you are for us and that you have brought us to a a full knowledge of the perfect plan of your salvation. We thank you for the wisdom that you gave unto Daniel. We thank you for those men who prayed on his behalf. And we thank you, O Father, that your truth 
and your word is truth. Help us, we pray, to trust in that revealed will that you have given to us in your holy scriptures. We ask all these things in the blessed name of Christ our Lord. Amen. For our concluding hymn, let's turn to 396, Gracious Spirit, Dove Divine. We'll stand and sing 396.